end of repeat part one. Because God wants life for us. We know that. That's why we're here. Even if you're here, just you got drug here by a friend, you're hoping that there's something in this God thing that's going to make life different, that's going to make life better. You're hoping that. Even if you're a skeptic sitting out there today. Those of us that have said yes to Christ, we're, we're connected and we, are, we believe it and we're moving forward with that and we embrace His truth, that that's what makes the difference. And so as we, are, <clears throat> as we move forward with this, we know that God wants life for us. And He designed us and knows that we learn best by repetition. We just do. And so these truths that God repeats are good indicators to things that bring us life. Repetition's just good. We understand this. That's why we, with our little ones, we know that we're going to have to tell them multiple different times. With all my kids, there are things, the big concepts, we had to tell them over and over and over again. And one day, we didn't notice when that happened, but we didn't have to tell them that anymore. All of a sudden, that stuck. And we're on something new now. For some reason... Picking up socks is something that has to be said, must be in the tens of thousands of times because according to my wife, I still haven't learned it. And so, so baby, just keep repeating it. At some point, you're not going to have to say it again. <laughs> Y'all just got her back big time. But there are things. Has anybody ever uh, anybody had this experience? There have been times that I'll get, into the, get in the vehicle to go somewhere. And then my mind gets going on other things. And sadly, it's not always driving. Should be. But it's not always driving. Okay? I may be thinking about uh, my schedule and other sort of things. And then I'll drive along and I park and I'm someplace familiar, like the office. And I'm like, why am I here? I wasn't coming here. Why am I here? And then I have to go, where was I going? And then, put, and then I don't remember that red light or that stop sign. And obviously I navigated it. But why do, we, why do those things happen? It's simply because of repetition. It's the power of repeti- repetition. Your mind gets going somewhere else and your subconscious takes over. And it does what it's been trained to do. We talk about this in athletics all the time. I mean, I, I didn't have to study it. I'm not an athlete. But I've heard about it, this whole concept of muscle memory. That the golfers get out there and they figure out how to do the shot right. And then they do it over and over and over again so that they get out there and they relax. And then just muscle memory takes over and it happens. Whether it's the guy hitting the baseball or the quarterback throwing the ball or any of those different things. It's the power of repetition. We've also heard about it to the negative. Hopefully SAPD does this because we've got some officers we'd really like to see stay alive. Uh, but we'd heard that they had to change the way that nationwide that officers quit, that they, the way that they practice their shooting. Because the old school was they would go out to the range, they would shoot, do their stuff, and then they would pick up their brass, clean up behind themselves, and put it away. And so every time they would shoot, they would pick up their brass. The problem was that was repeated over and over and over again. And good officers were getting killed in the field because they would empty their clip and out of instinct in the heat of the moment bend over to pick up their brass and get shot. So we had to change what got repeated. That wasn't life-giving. Stop that. Let somebody else pick up the brass. They're just going to go out there and shoot. 
Leave it on the ground where it's safe. So there are those different things, but it's the power of repetition. That's even why we as Celebration Church choose to teach in sermon series. Because there is that power of repetition. If there's a concept that I think is a big deal for us, then we're going to talk about it multiple times. The things that are the biggest deal, you're going to hear over and over and over again, like constantly moving forward. We've been talking about that all of uh, Celebration Church's four plus years of existence. We've been talking about knowing him better and trusting him more for four plus years. And we're going to keep talking about it. These are the things that make big differences. It's the power of repetition. And so as this series is looking at these things, these Old Testament scriptures that get repeated the most in the New Testament. And this first one that we're going to look at is this concept that we are to love God with all that we are. Heart, soul, and strength. That we're to love God with everything. And that we see it for the first time in Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And then we see it repeated in Matthew 22 and in Mark 12. And you're going to look at these because I know you're intelligent people. And you're going to say, wait a second, Brandon. This is two different people's telling of the same story. How are you calling that two incidents? How do you call it two different times? Because two different authors, inspired by the Holy Spirit, thought it was important enough to both of them put it down. That's why. There are things that certain things show up only in one gospel and not in another. There are other things that show up in all the gospels. And so I see it each one as significant. Matthew 22, verses 36 through 38 says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Say, which is the biggest thing? If there's one thing we need to focus on, remember Jesus has still not died and provided full <coughs> covering of all sin. And he says, okay, well, if we're going to focus on one thing, what are we going to focus on? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Mark 12 um, says the most important one, same thing, Mark's perspective, answered <clears throat> Jesus, it is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, the Lord your God, <clears throat> love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Mark 12 says, well, <clears throat> well said, teacher. This is this guy's response to what Jesus said in, in Mark 12. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. Here's a guy who's a Jew, born into what he, who is, who's living there in, in, in Israel, who's pursuing these things, and with this, Jesus tells him, you do that, you are not far. You're right there close. Now, the kingdom of God, we've, <clears throat> we've talked about it before, is, is God's kingdom. It's his way of doing things. If we will connect with loving him with all that we are, then that is where we begin to step into God's way of doing things. It begins, it's this watershed thing. If we do that, all of these other things begin to fall in place naturally. If we have that out, if, if, if that's not there, then doing all of these other things becomes super, super difficult. 
But if we'll do this, it sets it up. Then again in Luke 10. It says, one of the experts in the law stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, this is it. Well, of course, we want to choose life. He's saying, what's the big life choice here? What's the, what's the thing that makes the big difference? What is <clears throat> written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? And the guy answers, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Do this, and there's the life. That's where the life is. The difference that made the early disciples of Peter, James, and John, and all those embracing Jesus as Messiah, is that they loved God. They pursued Him. And even though it it went in an unexpected direction, they walked in that unexpected direction because they loved God. They didn't love a religious system. They loved God. And we need to make sure we never fall in love with a religious system. That we never fall in love with church as presented or, or all of these different things. Or I feel comfortable because I read my Bible and I pray this and I do that and this is what I'm covering. No, it has to be about God. The Bible makes a difference because God wrote it. Prayer makes a difference because God hears, hears it and moves. All of these different things are connected because it's God. Because it's relational. That's it. See, loving God with all your heart impacts what you value, what you say, and what you believe. And we're quickly going to look at these three different things. <clears throat> heart, soul, and strength. In Matthew 26, 21, it says, Where your treasure is... There your heart will be also. These things are connected. We begin to treasure these different things. Our hearts are there as well. Our treasure is there. There are some things that I really, really like. I really like old classic cars. I like old Mustangs. I like to, to do a lot of different things. But when it's all said and done, if you, I really, really love my children. So guess what? That's where my money goes. It finds its way there. There are things that, there's a, there are cars I don't drive because I love my kids. And that's not because I don't like them. It's, the cars is because my, I value that. It's, that's where the resources get put. Our hearts follow those things. Our treasure and our, and our things of value are connected. See, Matthew 12, th- <coughs> 34 Jesus is saying, you brood of vipers. This is one of those where you're like, ooh, I thought Jesus was sweet. Mm, he called somebody a bunch of snakes. He says, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And these are the people that were esteemed as the most religious, the most having it right people. And Jesus said they were snakes and they could only say bad things because their hearts were full of evil. It's because they weren't bent towards loving God. Loving God would then change their hearts. And then they would change the way they speak. Man, I tell you what, that's why in relationships, words hurt so much. Because they come back to what's really there. They come back to what's really there. That's why it's so painful when somebody says something that destroys and hurts it man it just tears us down and then we see in mark 11 or or mark 13 matthew 13 verse 15 
For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts. And I would heal them. Do you ever notice that when you finally have had enough of somebody? That it doesn't matter what they say. They can just run their mouths. They can do whatever. And it just, you've just closed off. Just closed off. Your heart is calloused. Your ears are shut. It doesn't matter. Their opinions mean nothing. Their compliments mean nothing. Whatever they say means nothing. And sadly, most of us have had somebody in our life push us to that place. Some of you, you feel like that's the whole world. You shut everybody out. The dangerous place is that we become calloused and hard towards God. If we're going to love him with all of our heart, then we're going to keep our, our, our ears open to him and let him speak into there. That's why it's pointless to go to read God's word and to spend time there if you don't really want to know what he has to say. You ever had somebody ask for your opinion and you knew all they wanted was for you to validate their decision? They didn't really want to hear anything that contradicted it. That's that closedness. That's what I'm talking about. With God, if we're going to love him with all our heart, we're like, God, this is kind of what I want to do. This is kind of what I'm thinking. But I'm going to let you have, I'm going to let you speak to it. Even if I don't like it. That's loving God with all of our heart. See, Mark 11 23 and 24 lets us know it gets down to the very core of what we believe at our very core. <clears throat> Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes, doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that what he will say <clears throat> will happen, it will be done for them. See, this is what I think. That's a mind, that's a head issue. This is what I believe. That is a heart issue. And sometimes we can get frustrated with ourselves as Christians because we say, oh, we believe this, and then there's some, some doubt and some stuff comes into our minds. And we're like, ah, I've gone off the deep end. No, there think, there's room for that even scripturally. We want to make sure that we don't, we don't let it doubt in our hearts. That's where the core set of what we believe. How you really think about you is set in your heart. That's why God wants to come in and he's going to rework the way you see yourself. You got to let him in to that heart place. That head knowledge, yeah, he loves me. He loves everybody. But when you get real quiet, you're like, I don't think he really loves me. I've done this, I've done that. I know the head part. Oh, we got to let him all the way in. That's where it changes. That's where we know him better and trust him. It's a heart issue. Love him with all of our hearts. And then we understand that loving God with all of our soul means that your care and devotion are revealed in your mind, your will, and your emotions. You're like, this seems to have my heart and my soul. Aren't those the same thing? No. No, no, no. Your soul is this area, your, your mind, your will, and emotions. And I, in principally and scripturally and all that, understood it until 
And I really, really, really understood it. And I came face to face with my soul, I think, for the very first time. Whenever God was asking us to start this church. And I tell you what, it was, it was, I knew in my heart it was what we needed to do. But in my mind, there were so many questions. There were so many different things. There were things that, that things to line up that weren't lining up. There were, there were different things and, and there were, it, it just, so many different variables. But I knew God was telling us to do it. And I tell you what, I went, I went toe to toe with my soul of bringing my soul in line with what the Spirit of God and my heart was, knew was right to do. And it was tough. It was tough. I'm a pretty happy guy in general. Pretty positive guy. Never dealt with depression. And, and I tell you what, for the first time in my life, I went through a period of time. It was just months. And so my heart breaks for anybody who's dealt with ongoing depression. And I'm going to tell you today, I don't normally do it. And this just came out of the clear blue. But if you need prayer for depression today, I'm going to stay up here. I normally go to the back. But I'm going to stay up here and I want to pray for you today. If you're dealing with depression today, we're going to pray. And we're going to break that off of you. Okay? That's, just, that's a God thing. But I did. I dealt with that for the first time. And it was difficult. I lost 25 pounds. 25 pounds. I couldn't eat anything but coffee and a honey bun. A honey bun? Seriously? How could I hold down a honey bun? Greasy, sugary, nasty stuff. That's all I could eat. I don't know why. I still lost weight as the honey bun diet. should have wrote a book. <laughs> Fight with God and eat honey buns. You'll lose weight. It's not healthy. And uh, I gained it all back just so you know. And then some. And um, anyways, but it was difficult. But it was our mind, our will, and our emotions. See, Matthew 26 says, Then he said to them, My soul, this is Jesus, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus is coming up to the cross. And he knows what he's supposed to do. But he's having a battle in his soul. He says, stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be from me. Yet, not as I will, but your will be done. This area of the soul is aligning our will with God's will. This is what I know in my heart this is what needs to happen. But things are, things are off. They're bent. See, Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. That's where we begin to see things differently and let God begin to speak into that. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is that area. And we want to love God with that, with our soul, with our mind and our will and our emotions. See Paul in Romans seven fifteen. It's not in your notes there. It'll be on the screen. But Paul dealt with this. He talks about it, about the stuff that I want to do. I don't do that. Oh. <laughs> Have I just been going all natural the whole time? There was, there was no mic? All right. I don't know. Let's just give DeMarcus a hand. He's filling in. This is his first time on the soundboard. This is his first time on the soundboard. And then our mic at kids camp took a really bad beating. Uh, sadly, I was challenged to do a herky, a cheer move, wearing the mic. I forgot, and it did not go good. Yeah. I'm here, though, and so is the mic. 
So anyways, but he talks about he talks about in that 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 there's this tension between what he wants to do and what he and, and what he actually does. And here we see in verse 23, and this is in your notes, but I see another law at work in me. I think I've got a bad connection. Is what the, it's the monitor. This one? That's the main speaker. That's not good. Um, all right, we're going to plow through. Uh, I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law at work with, within me. It's at work in his mind. I'm going to get back on my mind, mental track here in a second. But that's where it's at work. That's where things went off the rails. And then even with our emotions, uh, we see in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, it says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. One of the places we can give the enemy a foothold is in the area of our emotions. Where those things become so tied to our decision patterns that we give the enemy a foothold in this area of our anger, possibly in the area of the things that make us feel good about ourselves, all these different things that we connect and we can give the enemy a foothold in the area of our emotions. And loving God with all of our soul is letting him rule there as well. Luke twenty-one nineteen says, by your patience, possess your soul. That we're, the spirit of God within us can, can actually bring that into a line. I understand it's not always easy, but that is where it is. And it's going to take patience. And then the last one we see is love God with all your strength. Even if that strength seems or feels small to you. Sometimes, especially I can speak from a guy perspective, that we, we quickly figure out what we're good at. Okay? I quickly figured out that I wasn't a good athlete. But that if you put some academic stuff in front of me, I, I could do okay there. I love the chalkboard challenges where we would go up and do the math stuff and be in races and, and, and test. And I look forward to tests and, and report cards coming out and all of those different things and the academic awards. I look forward to those different things. And, and athletically, I just didn't have it. And so I would shy away from those things and, and, and embrace the other things and, and love to give my strength to those things and completely shy away. Well, another thing I learned in this area of serving God, is that um, when it comes to singing, I'm not talented. Anybody that knows me, has heard me, heard my voice, knows I'm a little bit tone deaf. I, I don't stay on pitch or key, and I'm just not good there. And that is, but that's an area that God wants me to do. And I, there's a passion for it. I love worship. But I'm not talented in worship. And early on in my walk with God, there was a real intimidation factor there for me. That, yeah, I'd want to bring God these other things, but in this area of singing, I just couldn't do it. And part of it was is that the guy meant well, and I love him, and he's still in my life to this day. But I sat, I was a youth pastor, and I sat right behind one of the other pastors. And I'm telling you, this is, this is seriously what Sunday morning would look like, all right? And, of course, we raised our hands a lot in our church. And so he was in front of me, and he's worshiping, and I'm standing behind him, and I'm singing. And I sing at the top of my lungs. And this is what he would do. (laughs) 
Seriously, he did that. And then started, and and we had a good relationship, and, and that guy loved me and, and, and was fiercely in my corner. But you know, after a service, he's like, "Man, you just ruined my anointing, buddy." And uh, and so, and it was all in jest, but at the same time, it hurt a little bit. And I was like, oh. "So then I," and then finally, God really convicted me. He says, "You know what? Nobody else on the planet may want that from you, but I do." And even if that strength in that area is small, to love me with all your strength means to bring the strengths you feel like are really big and the strengths you feel like are really small. And sometimes of what leaves us out from living for God 100% is giving him what we think he wants and leaving out what we think he doesn't really care about because we're not gifted in that. And we have to be willing to go, God, I'm going to give it all. And even if you're the only person in the universe that wants this, I'll give it to you. And that's part of this, one of the great reasons up here. Because to this day, it would be a distraction for you to hear me. These guys crank their monitors up to wash me out. They, they do. They crank it up. Half the time, I'm not even singing the right words. I make up my own words. I just sing what's on my heart. And I'm singing loud and I'm singing off key, but I love it. And you know what? God loves it and nobody else does. But that's okay. And it took me a long time to get there. But that's part of loving God with all of your strength. See, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and we're closing up with this. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. I tell you what, it, nobody else may feel close to God while I'm worshiping, but I do. I can feel the presence of God as I'm worshiping. And that God enjoys it. He does. And, and there are things that I, that I really believe God's going to challenge you to begin to present your weaknesses to him. And I, I dare you to believe God that he can use them. You're going to get opportunities to do things. And you're like, well, you need to pick somebody else. If the opportunity came to you, at least seriously pray about it. And God may say, no, I want to use you that way. And you're like, but God, I'm not good. And he goes, I know. Do it anyway. The Bible is full of people who are the least talented the least of which that God chose to do to do something that he could have picked people with so many more, so many more strengths in that area. And he loves to do this. And if we're going to really let him get the glory, we're going to love him in this area with all of our strength. See, first Corinthians one twenty seven says, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. See, just like highway signs get repeated every few miles to keep us moving forward, God has repeated his timeless truth to move our lives forward in him. This one of these things, love God with all that you are. That's been a truth all the way through. It's still true today. And we get to do it in Christ without any pressure or weight from ourselves. He's, he's made it. He's done the work. And so this morning what we want to do is we want, to, we want you to connect with that. And if you're not, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity to do that. So I'd just appreciate it if everybody would create a quiet moment.
And you say, you know what, Brandon? Heard you talk about the religious systems before and how that's different than relationships.